What is up, my mishpoche? Shalom Aleichem. Good Shabbos. For my Goyim, have a great Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Let's get after some more Eckhart Tolle Chochma. This guy is awesome. It's going to be the end of chapter 6, and we're cooking in chapter 7. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about this book. Let's go. So this kicks off talking about being hyper aware, conscious of your inner body. It doesn't eliminate this self of yours, this far, former self, this meat suit. It doesn't eliminate that. Like that's going to be there forever. Obviously, you can continue in your present form, yet be aware of this formless and deathless, deep thing within you. It's remember when I talked about how if I was homeless, dying in an alleyway, I could still be present and peaceful at peace while I died in an alleyway or I could be a billionaire and just as present in that pursuit of whatever like both separate programs literally just think of each entities each person as a program each program is a program like just look at them as programs and each program can be aware of the program like yeah each consciousness can be aware of the programming regardless of the situation hence both people can be at the same amount of peace <laughs> that i will i would love to debate someone on that i honestly technically speaking according to these practices a homeless person dying in an alleyway could be just as at peace as the billionaire and vice versa <laughs> okay so this is really interesting totally says since in your essence you are consciousness that's who you are nothing else you are not your body you are not your thoughts you're not your nervous system you are the consciousness so we might as well say that it's an awakening of your consciousness from the dream form when you start realizing some of these things he talks about when you strip identity and ego that is an awakening of your true consciousness it's been dreaming it just woke up <laughs> think of it like that this doesn't mean that, again, your whole life and your form and constructs and beliefs will vanish. It does not. That is not at all it. They're always going to be there. And you are just the observer now. No different than someone who is going to keep dreaming if they're a lucid dreamer. You know lucid dreaming? You guys know lucid dreamers. They're going to keep dreaming. It's just part of existing. However, they have control and awareness in their own dreams. I'm not going to say anymore. That's literally it. That's the analogy. Just observe your form. And again, for those joining who weren't there last episode, a form is the concept. A basketball is the form. There are a million basketballs on planet Earth. Do we have a separate name for every basketball? No. We call them all the same thing because they're all the same form. There are dozens of gods in different religions yet we just deem a godliness there's a name godliness for a reason you are a form you're a human being why don't we call all people different people no we're all humans realize your forms that you've been taught to believe observe it that will always be there that's not you this i'm calling absolute schmageggy fakakta yutsi mashuganess is that Eckhart Tolle says you can heal quicker when you're present. I, I'd have to see some literature, but whatever. Hey, maybe. Tolle says that to be a good listener, 
to just be. That's it. Just be present. It that's, makes sense. That makes complete sense. Now, this is interesting. I want to hear you guys because every rule has an exception. And tell me, tell me what you think here. At work, I schmooze. I pretty much schmooze for a living, right? Like, I'm not going to be silent for an hour. No, I'm talking to my clients for an hour. And I do this all day. So, I do think about what I'm going to say next. I do know what things to bring up. I do keep mental notes as to what to talk about because they mentioned their son and then they keep going off about their career. And I'm so I bring that back in. And I do think I'm not truly present. And it works. People like me. People like the conversation. I'm good at schmoozing. What can I say? You know, they expect a stimulating conversation when they're with me. So I have to think while they talk if I'm going to bring things up that tie into what they're talking about. Now it's really nice with my brother, my best friends, people I don't have to do this with. It's nice. It's, it's peaceful. I'm, I'm present. It is nice. And I don't know what that says about people, I guess. I, like, and I'm not, I, look at this. Let's go deep. I'm not, I'm too scared to test that out in real life. Honestly, I'm too scared. God forbid I, I start just being truly present and then I lose clients because they just don't like me as a person. I don't know. But notice, and this is me doing self-psychoanalyses. When I say they wouldn't like me as a person, that is literally just me saying I wouldn't like myself as a person. So the next time, this is a great lesson, folks. Like I, I didn't think I'd take this turn, but the next time you catch yourself pointing a finger and saying, I don't like them because... You're actually saying, I don't like myself because, or I don't like my hypothetical self because, and now we got to go back to who the fuck hurt you? Who hurt you? Who told you that you would be less valued being that kind of person? And let's now, now you're, if you're a peaceful, loving person, you're thinking rainbows and daisies. If you're some messed up person like me, you're thinking serial killers. <laughs> And you're thinking, how are you tying this in? Well, you see a serial killer, you're going, I hate that person. So what? So Zev now says, you would hate yourself if you were a serial killer. That's why. So we need to fix that? So what? We need to love ourselves if we were a serial killer? Well, that doesn't seem right. And I agree. But you can still technically apply the same rules. Who taught you that? You were taught that killing is not good. Because how can we murder on the battlefield? We're taught that's just. We're, we're taught that that's ethical because there's, it's different. It's, it's war. It's different. There's reasons you can kill someone. Oh, oh, okay. Let's get deeper into that. Can you explain to me like where those reasons came from? Like, like seriously, like if you really want to go that far back, you'll start to realize like, wait a second, what's different about the murder in that battlefield versus the colonialism and the murder and raping of indigenous folks. And you're like, oh, wait a second. And now you're starting to guess, second guess all death. And you're like, who taught me that serial killers are bad? Oh, okay. Is, and then someone's going to go, oh, it's ingrained in me. It's my, it's just my morals. We're, we're born not to kill. Bullshit. Cave people. Uh, look at animals. Animals are murdering machines over territory. They literally don't care. And we, in essence, are like animals. So it's just interesting. It's all interesting. I'm not trying to say one thing's right or wrong. I'm just, I like getting people to question beliefs. That's all. That is all. I digress. And I digress into chapter seven. Now this is called portals into the unmanifested. 
So I don't know what I... Th well, I did write what I thought about this, but I'll get there later. Uh, Tolly says, when we direct consciousness outward, to the mind, to the world, that they arise. And I want to hear your thoughts on this. When consciousness is directed inward, it realizes its source and then returns home to the unmanifested. So pretty much. Actually... <laughs> First, I'm going to say just off the top of my head, and then I want to see what I thought back a few weeks ago. So what totally saying there, when you focus your consciousness outward, so right now, like I'm looking out of the window here, we got trees and buildings and they seem dirty and the trees are kind of dead still. Notice everything I just said there. It's all a story. It's a, these are beliefs that have been tied into stories. Trees die in the winter. The leaves fall off, buildings are dirty because no one cleaned them. These are just agreements. Anytime we put our focus towards these beliefs and agreements, they're not real. There's no peace there. There's always lack. Anytime our self-talk and ego gets us thinking, it's at a place of lack. And that's a hard pill to swallow, even when you're thinking loving things. Like think, you know, you're thinking lovey-dovey stuff. It's still out of a place of lack. The ego needs to survive. That lack there is death, the fear of death. That's lack when you're scared. Um, and, and again, this is where I love philosophy because I'm not saying that you shouldn't love living that way. You, if that's a trade-off for you, like, and honestly, like for me, half the time, it is the trade-off. I, heck, I love living in lack because it means I'm possessed in this hedonistic apparatus with called a meat suit <laughs> like like that to be in lack does bring nachis at times and i that's joy in yiddish by the way I'm, so philosophically like who's to say that one is better than the other and we should live one way or not we shouldn't live anyway the second we start saying we should do this we should that is the ego in a place of fear and lack there's no peace there this is why I love this book, by the way, is because the second you start to give examples, you're like, oh, shit, that's the ego. Like, and peace is always in this place where we're just observing. As I do this, I'm like, it's like a video game. I'm this third person. I'm witnessing this programmed thing. Just spit out code. I'm just spitting out code and you understand the code. <laughs> okay, folks, if you don't want to hear a reiteration of the concept, then skip 25 seconds, but I'm gonna read word for word what I typed here. I was clearly fired up. Okay, ready? What I just said about the, by the way, okay, sorry. What I said about the consciousness being directed outwards versus inward, blah, blah, blah. This is what I said. That is saying that once we stop being the observer and begin reacting intuitively to the world, other people have manifested because the world is just other people's borrowed ideas that's that have been physically manifested because remember manifestations when an event occurs from an idea so the world is just other uh, bor borrowed ideas that have been physically manifested being controlled by our unconscious self-talk like a zombie makes us like a parasite the unconscious self is like a parasite on the contrary when we observe and feel our inner body we return to the unmanifested like I said early about our world consisting of manifestations, something manifested was created and will be destroyed or partially destroyed over time. It's inevitable. Going back, when we return to our true essence, being, true consciousness, etc., we are in the unmanifested state. 
Something unmanifested, like our true essence, was never created, therefore is never destroyed. Only the belief, form, label, or definition can be destroyed. And when I say the belief, form, label, definition, because those are just things we've constructed. So, again, it's not only beliefs, forms. No, it's the belief, right? It's the belief that was created. Only the belief, the form, the label, the definition you're thinking of. Those can be destroyed because that is some stranger's manifestation. All of those things were some stranger's manifestation you never met. Everything you... Okay, this is me going off now on a side note. Is everything you've ever witnessed and seen or heard is a stranger's manifestation. It was once a thought and then manifested physically. And you're just borrowing that manifestation. Let's go back. So that's, that's some stranger's manifestation of an idea to invent words and beliefs. It's an invention. The essence behind all that is what's real and unmanifest. Oh, so I said like that's the essence behind what's real and unmanifested, really. Essence being like, you know, behind all those things that were created by strangers. This is why I believe peace is in the unmanifested state. Because there's no yin-yang contrast in that state. You guys know what I mean by that? Like yin-yang, good, bad, moon, sun. When there is no contrast in the unmanifested state. Because remember, good was invented by a stranger. Bad was invented by a stranger. Those were manifested. Good and bad. Words are manifested. Ideas are manifested. So when there's no yin-yang contrast in the unmanifested, there are no problems. A problem is a manifestation in a belief, in a story. If nothing was ever created and nothing can be destroyed, that's true deep presence. There's no story that exists there. That eradicates any chance of ego birth or growth or death. I digress. That's what I had wrote there. I love it. It's, I was really fired up and still am. This book just blows my mind. It's, I really hope as you talk to people, as you're listening right now, go third person, observe, just ah, feel that presence. It's so good. So peaceful. This is why I've always had this peace inside me and I never realized it. I, why was I searching externally for peace when it's always been inside me? The peace is inside you. You do not have to look anymore. You don't have to look anymore. Let the baggage go. Drop the backpack. You are free. And side note, I actually cried this week. Fun fact. I watched a chipmunk video. It made me cry. Because that's what the chipmunks were talking about. The chipmunks, it was a storybook. It was a little picture book on TikTok. For kids. Literally for kids. And it made me cry. And it they're carrying heavy bags. And the chipmunk goes, why do we have to carry all this heavy stuff? And the other one goes, to be prepared for anything, of course. And they're going, they're schwitzing up the hill, schlepping. And then one of them just drops it. He just throws the bag off. And the other one looks shocked, scared, actually. Shined a light on insecurity. And the other one starts rolling down the hill, playing in the grass, just having a good time. And the other one hesitates and then drops the bag. And it also has a good time. And they goes... I feel so light without the bag on. This is fun. And they're having a good time. They're laying in the grass, relaxed. And it made me cry because I thought of my mother, the baggage she's held on to. 
And I couldn't help but th- I was like, I even texted her. I said, you know, I said, hey, I am so sorry for you. Like, let it go. That All that baggage, just let it go. Um, yeah, and it, it was just this true feeling of sorrow. So anyways, that's what that reminded me of as well. And obviously, as you can see, like, when that little chippy says, you know, to be prepared for anything, of course, it it's a good metaphor saying people are holding this baggage out of survival just in case, right? It's a fear-based thing. Just like that chipmunk was scared. God forbid something bad happened. They didn't have the backpack to help them, you know? Now, I do really love this. Tolly says, once we start thinking about the unmanifested, true essence, whatever you want to call it, we are not in it anymore. And that is awesome. That is so wise. However, you can always sense it in the background. And that is very true as well. He actually talks a lot about this. He's like, it's always there. You can always have it and you can always come back to your body when the mind wanders. It is always in the background hovering. Keep it within is, is what he says. Eckhart Tolle compares the space, like literally space. So the outer space with all the stars, compares it to our body full of atoms within the space. And he's, that's what he's saying. It's, it's no different. Like it's always there. That emptiness, that, uh, nothingness is always there. So Tolle gets philosophically certain. He talks about before the big bang and he's saying technically, like, of course we don't know anything, but let's say hypothetically, there was absolutely nothing, like literally nothing. There was, there was no contrast to even create the story of something existing. It was empty space. Truly. Now, now, so he says, just like the sun emanates light and we see light and it brings us back to the sun, right? He's saying that a piece of that emptiness is in our universe right now. And it's within all of us. It's within all the stardust. He's saying that's how you can always be brought back to that nothingness. And that's why it is here. That's why he believes it is here. That's why he believes in God. <laughs> And the nothingness between our atoms are still there. You can tap into it. So what's interesting is it's a bit of a paradox. This whole thing, this, this is a new paradox I've never thought about. But for us to say that there was once nothingness <laughs> proves that we are still guilty of not being present. Because like I told you, yin-yang theory only exists because someone manifested those beliefs and definitions. For us to say that there was once nothing at all and to say that there's a manifested and an unmanifested take manifested and unmanifested and put them in the two yin yang boxes that is literally yin yang theory two contrasting things so we are guilty of creating yin yang theory which in essence doesn't allow us to be present but being present was thanks to yin yang theory and that's a paradox right there so is it impossible to be present potentially And there's a Buddhist saying that totally paraphrases. He says, if there were no illusions, there would be no enlightenment. (laughs) So enlightenment in itself doesn't allow you to be enlightened, which is the trippiest paradox and ironic thing I've ever heard. Now, this is where Tolly gets super fucking real. He says, we are here to help the universe discover its purpose. And you've heard this theory of like, we are the universe experiencing itself through different lenses. We literally fill space. Now, this is a great way to end this chapter. Fuck, I just got goosebumps. And this is a great way to end this podcast. Tolly says, death is an illusion. (sighs) Get ready. Death 
is simply you losing the false you, not the real you. When you die, your body has died, your nervous system has died. Everything has died except for the real you. When there is no you, when there is no voice, when there is no label, when there's no belief, identity, ego, when all of it's gone, that is the real you. Your awareness, it's by itself, nothing to compare to. There is no problem. Death is simply you losing the false you, not the real you. Oh, incredible. Gonna end it there. Wow. I hope you guys enjoyed. Thanks for tuning in. Whew. Go use that emotional carryover that they talk about in Psycho Cybernetics and carry that emotional energy into your next chapter of the day. You are gonna be thankful. Fuck, this was awesome. Oh my gosh, I love this. See you later. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. Rate five stars on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there. And review. Good Shabbos, Shabbat Shalom. TGIF for all my goyim. Go crush your day. See you later.